All right, y'all, good morning once again. Microphone's working, everything's good. Youngins, children, uh, it's time for you to go to your study if you like to go. The, 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 the girls have been doing a good job at the door, greeting everybody and handing out gifts and everything, so thank y'all for doing that for us. Hope y'all have a good, after a good uh, Bible study this morning. I got, I got something going on in my throat this morning, so you just bear with me if, if I can not let it interfere. So happy Father's Day, in case nobody told you. You should have just a few moments ago. I heard y'all saying happy Father's Day to each other. Father's Day is, uh, it's, Father's Day and Mother's Day are like apples and oranges, aren't they? It's, it's, it's too, it really is two different. I mean, it's, it seems like the same thing for different, different roles in the household or in the family, but it really is two different, two different situations. And um, uh, when we look in, uh, when we talk about the mothers and we talk about the ladies of the church and, and the believers around the world, we, we kind of go into uh, like Proverbs 31 and talk about uh, what it means to be a godly woman. And that's, uh, that's great when we do that. So I was looking uh, in Psalm 128 over this week, and I think we can find a picture or a snapshot in God's Word as to what a godly father would look like or a godly man would look like. Obviously, uh, a godly man who has children would be a godly father, hopefully. So that's kind of what I want to look at this morning. All six verses, all six of them, so just hold on to your, hold on to your seat belts. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. It's important. Here's what. It's important to honor fathers today. Not just because the calendar says it's Father's Day. Not just because you love your father. Not just because your father loved, loves you. Not even just because we have a heavenly father who loves us to no end. That was a good amen moment. But really because we live in, in a world, in a time, in a culture where God's idea of what a man and a father is under attack. Okay? The society... Not just in our country, it's all around the world, is trying to diminish the role of the man in the family, diminish the role or even the need for a father in the home. Okay? That's, that's what's going on. That's where we're living. Now, I will say that it's not all society's fault. They're just taking advantage of the fact that way too many men or male people are having babies and abandoning them and not being around for them. So society's just taking advantage of what we're putting in place, basically. And of course, the church, we have such a responsibility to be good stewards of the people that God blesses us with, the children that come into our families, the little ones that just walk down the hall, and the ones that are all around the country and the world that are growing up with their little minds absorbing every little piece of information that comes in. And if there's no godly father or godly man influencing them, they are already behind. 
when it comes to knowing God, when it comes to receiving what Jesus died on the cross to offer, when it comes to the will of God for their life. Not impossible, but they're, started, they're, they're disabled spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. Because they're, they're, how would they know the Lord if they don't have someone to lead them and show them? Now there's a lot, a lot, a lot of mothers out there that are doing the job well. Because dad's not around. But today, I want to honor and talk about and just kind of throw a snapshot of those fathers who are around. Those godly men who are doing the thing that God assigned them to do with their children. There's a lot of great fathers in the world. There really is. So we need to pray about, talk about, know about, be about what God says a, a, a godly father should be so that we can influence other young men as they grow up, get married, and have children and, and, and get them to desire to be that. Right? Because nobody does anything, not really, that they want to do. I mean, if they don't want to do it, they just don't, won't, won't do it. And if we're not building up some excitement or some hunger for being the way God wants us to be as far as being men of God and fathers of God... Godly fathers, a better way to say that. Then what would cause them to desire that if we're not showing them? So we're going to look at Psalm 128 uh, this morning. I'm going to read all six verses first and then we'll break them down. Here we go. Verse 1. How blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. When you shall eat of the fruit of your hands, you, you will be happy and it will be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruit vine, excuse me, a fruitful vine within your house, your children like olive plants around your table. Behold, for thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. And may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Finally, verse 6, Indeed, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Six whole verses. Now the ladies had way more verses than that. <laughs> way more verses than that. <laughs> they deserve way more. <laughs> they deserve way more truth to be spoken about the ladies. But the men do what the men do. The fathers do what the fathers do. The first thing I want to see in verses 1 and 2, the first thing I want to do is look at what it says. It, it's, it's blessings about the fear of God, those who fear the Lord. How blessed is everyone who fears the Lord? Now, now we're not talking about, you guys understand, we're not talking about being afraid of God or, or, or because God is such a horrible, evil God. No, this is a right reverence and respect for His holiness. Honoring him, not only on Sunday, not only when things are bad, not only when we're eating at the table and somebody's got to say grace, we're honoring him, we're living our lives as men and fathers in reverence to his holiness and his love. That, that's the fear of the Lord. Okay, that, that's, that's what he's saying. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. Now, somebody might be saying, okay, well, that's saying, that's talking about everyone. That's not just talking about the fathers. Well, one, I would say fathers are part of everyone. And most of us have a father somewhere in the world, whether you know him or not. 
I would, I would almost, uh, I would dare say all of us have a man who is our father. <laughs> I hope you all agree with that because we've got some social issues if you don't. Point is, especially for young boys, but I think the, the girls are affected by their father in a different way that's equally as important. We look to our father and we want to do what he does. We want to be the way he is. We want to learn what he does and how he does it, and we want to go and be like him. Young ladies try to, they will almost always end up with some man to marry just like their father. Almost always. So there's a responsibility there, isn't there? What a blessing it is for a family unit to have a father who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways, y'all. I picked picked this uh, uh, picture on the PowerPoint for the purpose of saying a godly man, a godly father who fears the Lord and desires to walk in his ways will pick up the word of God on a regular basis, a daily basis, and it should be on fire in his heart what he finds in there, what he desires from it, and how he engages in it. Not only is this the living Bible, this, these words, but it ought to be living in the heart of every man, woman, and child. And it begins with the father. It begins with the man. It begins with his wife, together, chasing after the truth of God's word. You know, the studies say that if you want to fill up a church building, if you get the father of the household, you'll get the rest of the family. If you only get mom, you'll get the kids too, but dad won't come. That's the, that's how, that's the study that's been done in today's world. If you get dad, he will bring mom and kids if you get him interested in being a part of what God's doing. If you get him interested in chasing the truth of God's word, if you light a fire in his heart, or rather the word of God lights a fire in his heart because of your witness and your example, he will desire to walk in God's ways. Then it says in verse 2, When you shall eat of the, of the fruit of your hands, you will be happy and it will be, it will be well with you. Every child likes a happy dad. Okay? Every, every, if you grew up in a house where your father was happy and joyful and he was the best guy in the world, then praise the Lord for that. Because a lot of people don't get that for whatever the reasons. Maybe dad doesn't know how to be a good dad. Maybe dad doesn't even know the Lord. Maybe dad's just stressed out and he's overwhelmed and doesn't realize he's bringing it home. See? It's tough. But if we chase the Lord, if we walk in his ways, it says we will eat the fruit of our hands. We will be blessed. We will bring happiness into the home. It will be well for me and my family if I'm this kind of father. And I think, I think many of us uh, do well in this area for the most part. And I think all of us would, if we were to admit anything out loud, we could name a, a dozen or more times specifically where we fell short. I'll never forget the first time that I had to 
apologize to my son because I failed him. But I knew if I didn't do that, he would never learn what that's about. And I didn't, if I didn't do that, it would, it would become uh, a hindrance in the joy in our home. That's what godly fathers do. We, we try our best with God's help to teach our children the ways of the Lord. We don't just chase after the Lord's ways. We chase after the Lord's ways so that we can teach our children and our, help our wives and our wives can help us and we show the world the way that God wants us to do it. You, you, you want people to get saved? You want people, families in the church? You want the church to be healthy and making disciples? We have to show the world what it looks like. And it starts with the father. It's equal responsibility between the mom and the dad, for sure. But God has given us each responsibility, and the father leads the home spiritually. God will, God will, God will ask me about my home. How did you lead your wife? How did you and your wife together lead your children? Right? God doesn't expect perfection. He expects you to chase after his ways and let him do the work. There's a blessed, there's a blessed life in fearing the Father. You get spiritual blessings, family blessings, and even material blessings in a lot of ways. How many, how many fathers have received a tie for Father's Day? Nobody? Never in your life you've received a tie for Father's Day. All right, how many of y'all have received some kind of coffee mug or ashtray that your children made? There's one, two. Y'all got some special gifts. <laughs> I'm just saying, sometimes you receive a gift from your child that seems meaningless, but it means everything. Because of who it came from. And it, it came from your children. They, they want to bless you because of the blessing you bring into their life. Those are the material things that the world can provide. Not to mention the provision that the Lord provides. If you're walking in the ways of the Lord, you will walk in his provision. Let's look at the next two verses. There's a legacy that we have to think about. There's a legacy that every father should be aware of and, and focus on and pray about and, and strive to contribute to because it's not just your children, dads. It's your children's children and their children and their children and so on to the point where you got people around you that weren't there 50 or so years ago that belonged to your family. And there's generation after generation that look at you as the spiritual leader as the father of the family, the father, the grandfather, even the great grandfather. They look to you because they see goodness in you. They see the Lord in you. Any of us that uh, have lost our father or our grandfather sometimes wish we could talk to them because we're missing the wisdom that would come from them should we need it. We're missing what would the Lord have me do should we need it. 
and, 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 and godly fathers pour into their children even after they're adults so that they would have those answers even after dad is gone on to be with the Lord. Because all the wisdom that comes from any man should come from God anyway, right? Right? I mean, it's, it's one thing to teach your child how to tie a shoe or tie a fishing knot or do what other activities father-sons might do. But pouring the truth of God's word into their life in special ways lasts forever. Lasts for generations. <clears throat> he says, it says, your wife shall be like a fruit, fruitful vine within your house. Your children like all the plants around your table. Verse 4 says, behold, for thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. Verse 4 is the big idea of the whole thing. When you have family around your table, Dad, and then it grows into being extended family and grandchildren and their spouses and their great, your great-grandchildren, and it just keeps growing and growing like a well-tended garden that produces much fruit. That's, that's what God intends for the family unit. And he expects the father to tend the garden. He expects dad to pour into the children and, and, and the family members spiritually for the sake of producing a fruitful legacy throughout the generations. Now, I understand, I'm fully aware that not everybody grew up in this kind of house where there was fruit like this for whatever reason. But God expects every man to make his own decision. Am I going to start tending this garden? It doesn't matter who tended it before me. If it's not tended, then I need to start tending it now. I need to change the legacy of my family. I need to insert the Lord and his wisdom. I need to chase after his ways so that beginning with me, the, the fruit will come into this family. That is the most natural way to make disciples. In this world, you teach your children and you let them teach their children with your help and you teach your great grandchildren. You just keep teaching throughout the generation. The gospel, the wisdom of God will flow throughout the generations because of a godly father married to a godly mom. And you have godly parents who do everything they can do to pour into their children who are growing into godly young people. This is how we turn the world around. If you want to ask me, maybe you don't want to ask me, but that's what I say. Last two verses. <clears throat> After it says, behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. It says the Lord, verse five, the Lord bless you from Zion and may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Indeed, may you see your children's children. Generational salvation, y'all. Peace be upon Israel. He's talking about salvation. He's talking about eternal life here. He's talking about being a part of God's holiness for eternity. That's the blessing that comes from being a godly man, a godly father, one who tends to what God has blessed him with. The man who fears the Lord is blessed. 
And we talked about it in our Bible study this morning the motivation behind what we do and how we do it and why we do it and all that kind of stuff. And if I'm only motivated as a man and as a father to walk in the ways of the Lord and be a godly man and be a godly father so it makes me look like a, a great guy, I've totally missed out on what's going on. Anybody, uh, I hear a lot of people, I hear a lot of people, I'm not going to ask y'all any more questions because you didn't answer me. <laughs> <I>, <laughs> I see a lot of young men, like like really young, come right out of school, and they go off and get married, and they're having a baby, and it's like they're. I've seen a couple of young men actually shaking, physically shaking, at the idea that a human being is about to come in this world that they're responsible for. And I didn't. I did, that didn't happen to me until my son was actually born, came into the world, and I looked at him for the first time, and I was like, uh oh, it just got real in here. You got my attention. And you're thinking all kinds of thoughts are going through your mind. What am I going to do with this? Well, I don't know how to do this. Up until that moment, for me personally, all I've ever had to do was think about self. Because nobody else was around that I was responsible for. Just me. And then suddenly here's this person. This person. A human being. And God's like, handle that for me. Take care of that. You, you realize that we're just babysitting God's kids, right? They're not ours. They, they belong to God, and he's going he's to come to us and say, okay, how, how's my kids doing? And if you're scratching your head going, I don't even know where they are. Are they still here? What's going on? It's tough, isn't it? being a parent in general. It's tough being a father when you don't know what you're doing. And I, I, spent, I spent most of, half of my son's life trying to be a father without the wisdom of God until I got saved. And once I got saved, then he and I together, we started growing in Christ and teaching each other how to be godly men. With the help of the Lord, of course. But let me just say this. My son did a way better job than I think I ever did at being a godly man. But you don't know what the Lord sees and what the Lord does. We don't get to know the impact that our lives and our commitment to God has on everybody. Not fully, we don't get to know that. We might see a little bit. Here and there. So if we're, if we're special, our children will come to us and hug us and say, oh, thanks, Dad, so much for everything. Isn't it nice when they do that? Obviously, some of them don't do it. I did that with my dad, but it was only after some experiences with my son. And I saw my son giving me some grief exactly the way I gave my dad some grief. So I'm picking up the phone and I'm calling my dad. I'm like, my, I'm sorry, dad, my bad. I didn't know. I didn't know. But, but dads continue to love their children even when they're not just right. Even when they're a little bit off the path, they continue to love their children. Just like our father does, our heavenly father. 
You see, God is constantly trying to help us and trying to help us grow. And wants us, he wants us to, to be in this blessing. He wants us to understand his holiness. He wants us to understand that uh, when verse 4 says, Behold, for thus shall a man be blessed who fears the Lord. He doesn't want us to fear him so that he can feel high and mighty. He already is high and mighty. He don't need us to make him feel that way. You ever, you ever considered why? This whole Adam and Eve thing had to happen? Why did God even give them free will to choose to disobey and rebel? You ever considered that? It's because real love is not forced love. God wants us to love him. He wants us to choose to love him. Because that's real love. And he's showing us Here's what sin does. Here's what it looks like when you choose not to love me. And here's what it looks like when you choose to love me. You can either have a father or not have a father. And either way doesn't change whether or not our father, our Lord, loves us or not. Because God loves his children whether they love him or not. And if we're going to be godly fathers and we're going to be godly grandfathers and we're going to try to influence the younger generations about what God would like to see in their life as a father so that their children can be blessed and maybe even get saved, then we need to pursue his ways. We need to live lives that are Evident that there's evidence of the fear of our God in it. Right? When I think about the fear of the Lord, it is a little bit about, how do I say it? It is a little bit about, um, it's about not disappointing God for me. It's like, for example, with my own son, it's like, what if I get it wrong? What if I don't do it right? What if I mess something up? What if he turns out different than what God wanted him to turn out? What if I just, what if I just flat out fail at being a father? Because I'm going to stand before God about that. I'm going to stand before God and he's going to, me and him are going to talk about how I was a father to him. Praise God for his grace, right? Because I'm not scared that there's some consequences eternally for the failures of my life and my, my time as a father. But, it, it, but at the same time, we have a father that wants to help us understand him. Right? Now, I know that there are some people in the world that either have lost their father, they either... Uh, never knew their father. They maybe, even worse, had a father that was around too much because he was abusive. Or there was uh, some situation where Father's Day is just not the best day in the world for you. I understand that. And I, and I, and I pray about that a lot. What we need to understand is no matter what happens in this world with our earthly fathers, God, our Father, is always going to be our Father. And whatever we might be missing, 
we get from him. It's tough. It's tough. Those, those of you who have your father sitting next to you, those of you who spend a lot of time with your dad and he's a great dad, those of you who are being great fathers, praise God, praise the Lord for you. Do not waste that because time is short. I really, I mean, I almost, I almost canceled the sermon just because Brother Don come up here and he started doing this communion meditation. I couldn't, I was amen in the whole time. I was like, he just, all he did was read scripture and I was like, yeah, let's just praise the Lord. Let's just do that. That was amazing. When we look at our fathers and when our children look at us, dad, it should instigate some kind of desire to be like God because they want to be like you. There should be some desire to praise God and thank God for the blessings of your father. Praise God because great fathers show you how to treat your wife every day in the home and in public. How does a young boy know how to be married if, if dad don't show him what God wants? You know, how, how, do you, how do you give away a daughter at a, at a wedding ceremony to some young man if you haven't shown them what to find in a godly man? That's how we grow the church. That's how the church gets healthy, because we're pursuing the Lord in all of our roles. But Dad, this is God's, by God's design, we are to lead our homes spiritually. We are to instigate the Spirit of God to be active in our home. We're to invite Jesus into every part, every relationship in our home. And if something fails in our home, we are to take responsibility, regardless of what it is. And we're to help fix the problem. But let's just spend the rest of our day today praising God because of what God has set up, the way he's created us, the way he's designed men and women to live together and to produce families and honor him it's amazing it's perfect if we would just engage in it it's perfect and we have a battle ahead of us don't we the whole the whole world is saying we don't need marriage we don't need moms and dads we don't need the the, the way that god designed it to be in place i mean they're saying crazy things crazy things and it's mostly because over the years, dads have been absent. Not only absent from their children, but absent from the presence of God. They're not pursuing the ways of God. Now, I love you and the Lord loves you, and I'm going to quit right now, but I praise God for you guys, for the dads that you've been, for the effort that you have made. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm proud that God has uh, raised some great children with you all. And we'll pray for those children. We'll pray for the children down the hall. I think it's all girls again this time. So we're going to pray that they meet some godly men that will be godly fathers. And if the Lord gives us time, they'll be sitting there. They'll be sitting down in some pew somewhere listening to some preacher talk about great fathers. And they'll be so thankful to God about their husbands. Because they're godly men. Amen.
So treat your fathers good. I love you and the Lord loves you. Let's sing a song and a couple hymns, a couple verses of a hymn, and then we'll be ready to, to, to be dismissed. Let's stand together and sing. What are we sing? Oh, Jesus paid it all. <laughs>